Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stop it. Amazing. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a great show. No. Welcome to the worst idea of all time, live in Europe. For now. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Uh, just quickly for reference, how did everyone enjoy the, the house music as you filed in? Was that good? Did that get you into the right frame of mind? Uh, for anyone listening along, <laughs> it's been a hell of a day. Here we are in London with one of your own, Glenn Moore, ladies and gentlemen, our special right, guest. Thank you so much. We've been locked away in a hotel room uh, for the entire day. I don't even know what the hour count is. Uh, watching films, it's it's been amazing. And did you did you want to play the other little medley, which is more uh, representative yeah, look, of our? I I, state? Had, I thought I had a really good idea because it has been what Glenn Moore described as a dark day, <laughs> and. Uh, we watched, so, uh, we, we watched uh, the four movies we've seen 52 times uh, individually already. We watched once more consecutively, uh, which was Sex in, the, Sex in the City. We watched it in reverse order. I described it to Tim as like going down a slide. We watched Sex in the City, We Are Your Friends, Sex in the City 2, and then Grown Ups 2. And I said to Tim, wouldn't it be great if we could replicate that experience for the audience when we walked out on stage? So what if we took all the intros from the movie and we overlaid them to create one ultimate track. <laughs> Zicoli himself couldn't have done any better. Yeah. It was truly a strange... And uh, Tim described games. it as sonically unusable. <laughs> but for your listening pleasure right now, please, maestro... Stop, you got to stop. <laughs> but it, it does give you a vague idea of where we're at. Glenn, how are you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I, I, I've got to admit, I missed the first film. You did? Uh, and it's really interesting to come into a hotel room to see a couple of guys at about 10 a.m. who have already watched Sex in the City first thing in the morning. <laughs> um, and it was really weird, because as someone who lives in London, I've, I've never been in a hotel room in London before. So that was an interesting experience for me, if not the rest of well, the day. Well, what do you think of it? It's, we're, is it? In no way are we affiliated with this hotel. It's the Crown Plaza in King's Cross. Which, yeah, well, so you'd think. I think in the 90s, this was once quite a proud hotel. Mm. But it's not tailored to... We've we've had a very cold time, London. (laughs) We got in last night and we couldn't for the life of us figure out the AC on this thing. So we're in there... Because, I mean, look, classic gag, but does the plus mean more cold or more hot? (laughs) We don't know. So we're there twiddling knobs and stuff. It's freezing cold. We just want to get some shut eyes. I end up turning the thing off and hopefully the temperature is normalised by the morning. We wake up even colder than when we went to bed. I have to ring front desk a couple of times. We get some maintenance men up there. And you know what they said while they were working up in the roof? They said, does the plus sign mean more hot or cold? We heard them talking about it. Which was sort of vindicating for us, but um, quite bullshit considering how much we paid to be in there. 
So uh, Guy and I were cuddled up under the sheets in bed watching quite a lot of this today. It was very intimate, while Glenn sort of looked on in a very repressed British way on the couch. Just directly opposite them, um, <laughs> not really watching the films. But the interesting thing was how you dealt with the AC situation, because obviously hotel rooms in London don't fully, well, hotel rooms anywhere sort of don't really fully open, um, obviously just at the risk of sort of people watching up to four bad movies in a day. Um, and so uh, Tim got a pair window of scissors. window you talking about. Uh, and the, the ho- yeah, so Tim went over to the window, uh, got a pair of scissors, unscrewed the window, and opened it. I, I Isn't think... that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, now? I, I don't know what this necessar- this next sentence necessarily means, but that's the most New Zealand thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, it's quite good. I used a teaspoon as well to jam in there because it's got it was quite a weird fixture. It wasn't a standard sort of Phillips head screw or anything. It was this weird. And I've got to say, it was mechanism. it was the best part of any of the four films. <laughs> Getting that window open. <laughs> the, la- the last thing Tim said when we were leaving the hotel room was, "Oh, I, I don't think I can get that closed." <laughs> Yeah, I have broken it, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's by the by. So, so, so that was context for your arrival in this hotel room? Yeah, and then as soon as, we, as, soon as uh, I got there, we pretty much got cracking with uh, We Are Your Friends. A, a movie which you had not seen. Or really, I mean, I was aware that you guys had done a, a, a series Say on it. it. And you, you, didn't, you didn't You didn't. I listen listened to, to Grown Ups 2 and Sex and the City <laughs> I listened to both of those seasons, and by that point, I was overwhelmed by the number of podcasts that I had available to listen to. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> life gets in the way um, And uh, it was a film that I simply hadn't heard of um, And so I, I watched it and it was It's remarkable It's, it's stunningly bad And it's, it, it, I've, I've never really watched a film where the focus is on Someone's career progressing as like a, a club DJ And you sort of <laughs> but you, but It's you, incredible but, to but, me but, it's a well-trodden genre But, but it's a sort of film that you feel like has been written defensively by a club DJ. <laughs> and by the end, it confirms what you imagine all your parents think about the level of talent involved <laughs> in being a club DJ. It becomes the thing it's trying to correct. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's written f- by stupid people for stupid people. Well, oh. easy it, there. It's written by Maximum Joseph and Megan Oppenheimer. Well, the guy, yeah, one of the them's guy- related to the, the father of the atomic bomb. You watch yourself. Yeah, Smart but I mean, like, <laughs> like the, the, the producer as well was a guy who produced Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and they couldn't be further apart, uh, apart, apart from the sense that I didn't really like either. Um, and both, both have four words in their title. <laughs> <laughs> Quick math. And, uh, and, and jobs I've never done. Um, <laughs> the, it was You've never been a friend? <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't get the movie. How can you relate to four people doing something you're not familiar with at all? It, the, the only way I could say, if I had to sum it up, having watched it today, if I had to sum it up to somebody who's like never seen it before, I'd say it's like the out of the two Fire Festival documentary. Right, it's, it's for people who went to Fire Festival. Yes. But also, out of the two Fire Festival documentaries, it's like the worst one. Um, but in the sense, believe- because it's full of. All of those sort of things where they sort of go, uh, they, they, you know, they say something at McDonald's and then the words appear on the screen in the McDonald's logo <laughs> and you're supposed to go, mmm, consumerism. Well, um, have you ever but, wa- but, have and, you and watched imagine- a film where they talk about McDonald's, like I have, and been sitting there going, sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, talking about we, the we, farmer? Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't need everything to be illustrated. And then you know these things always, they always cut to like black and white footage of a really old Disney cartoon of like people eating sausages really rapidly and it's on repeat over and over again. Yeah, and again politics. you go, yeah, consumerism there. Absolutely. It was all that. It was like, it was whiplash for people who have <laughs> too stupid to be in a building. Well, you said, what did you, what did you say about <laughs> the... Fo- hold, hold, hold on. <laughs> Whiplash the concept or whiplash the movie? Oh, a bit of both. Um, okay. uh, predominantly the movie, but it's sort of like, it's just, I, I, I was saying this just before, when we were in the green, just before we came out. There wasn't a single sentence that any character said in that film that I've ever said in my life. <laughs> yeah, the, and it was the, the metric like, by which we all watch films. <laughs> but I know that like when none of us have ever really said, oh, you should have killed me when you had the chance. But like, there's, there's so much of like, People going over to each other in nightclubs that play like astonishingly quiet music and just sort of going, how does 50 sound? <laughs> and that's it. That's the conversation. You'd rather see the fi- what the film was lacking was Zac Efron walking over to Emily Redzikowski and going, how does 50 sound? <laughs> or to talk in the same way that I would do, which is to go over to someone in a nightclub and go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's nothing quite like kicking in the door on room 654 in the Crown Plaza at King's Cross. Joining two New Zealanders in a room with air conditioning they simply cannot figure out. <laughs> Watching a movie they've seen 52 times and passing judgment on the idiocy of the characters involved. <laughs> nice pedestal, bro. <laughs> Guy, what was your, this is an incredible rebuke. Of Maximum Joseph's <laughs> magnum opus. But what did you make of We Are Your Friends? Oh, look, I've said it before, I'll say it again too. It's not really for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a feeling, I think especially on the heels of having seen Sex in the City, a, a film with which we've recently spent quite a lot of time. Yes. Uh, it's like, I, I think, I mean, I, I've been trying analogies the last couple of days and none of them have been hitting at all with anyone, but... It's, it felt like an old, t- you know, it's a, an old favourite T-shirt. Is this because you've been in Greece and people no, I, just don't look, know what you're saying? I think it's because either I'm operating a level at which people can't keep up, or I have been not uh, very clear in the way I've been communicating. <laughs> but more or less, it felt like finding an old T-shirt that you once were like, oh, yeah, I remember when I used to wear that T-shirt, and so and finding it, I was like. Have you ever tried to throw out all the stuff in your house and you pick up a T-shirt you haven't worn in two years and you look at it and you go. I never wear this anymore, but I can't quite bring myself to throw it out. It was that experience of picking up the T-shirt, looking at it and going, I I don't like this, I never really use it, but here it is. Do you know what? You were right when you prefaced this, because I have no idea how that feeling can relate to your experience of watching We Are Your Friends today. Obviously, you are a man who's never sorted through his T-shirts. This is pretty (laughs) new. It's a tease. This is a very good shirt, guy. Yeah, I know. I'm I like, definitely I like jealous that. of my palate. <laughs> I like loud shirts as much as the. So, next what man. are you saying that you sort of passed it, P A R S E D, and well, you were trying to sort where to put it in your brain, and you were like, I can't interact with it uh, anymore. I think most of what I'm trying to say is if, uh, for a film uh, for a film that I remember specifically not liking. I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't so. You know, this I had a good so time. Bad. So, yeah, it's ni- I enjoyed it. It's, ni- it's 93 minutes. It's yeah. four guys you haven't seen for a bit. See Who how they're it? going. Fucking painless. I, 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 mean, you, I know it's 93 minutes, but at one point we paused it and it said there were 38 minutes left. And then about an hour later, you paused it again and it said there were 48 minutes left. <laughs> and, I, I, like, and the worst thing is that was the, that was the first film we saw, I saw today. I was supposed to write down notes for this event, but I didn't. But what I did capture was two quotes from Glenn, and I actually can't attribute them to which movie, but I feel like they're applicable for all four. <laughs> Number one, I hate every character in this movie. And number two, I feel embarrassed for this film. <laughs> yeah, I, that was definitely We Are Your Friends. I felt so... Uh, like when, when there's, a, there's a scene where uh, Zac Efron is asked by the, uh, the superstar DJ and Emily Ratajkowski to... to he, he sort of James goes, Reed from The Feelers. He goes, have you got any uh, of your music? And he goes, yeah, on my phone. He goes, play, play this music on your phone. And in the kitchen... Of his they know, house, mate. Yeah, I, <laughs> but it, I felt as as agonizingly cringeworthy as I would myself if someone said, "Have you ever made dance music on your phone? Can you play it to me now, one on one?" And us silently having to listen to it together, oh, yeah. and it's like if someone said, "You got any jokes?" and you have to just perform stand-up comedy to one person. No, you're not go, allowed. Are, to we, perf- are we well? You're not allowed to perform it. Michael McIntyre says, you said you were funny last night. Yeah. You got any jokes? And you go, well. And he goes, no, play them on your phone. And you <laughs> dig up a voice recording from an yeah. open mic. <laughs> or worse yet, you walking around in a park by yourself being like, huh, a dog that is like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, is a pretty strong premise. So what I'm thinking is a dog, right, that looks like a dog, but more or less has all of the idiosyncratic uh, characteristics of a cat. A snooty dog. I'm not going to do anything with it, so that one's up for grabs. Uh, I think... Could be a good analogy one day. Maybe. Keep polishing it up. In the interest of having some loose scaffolding on this uh, this show, this episode, we should probably go semi-chronologically. How would you describe uh, the experience of watching... The first film today. Sex in the City, the first film? Yes. Uh, Well, Tim, as well you know, I got in at about 2.30am last night. He was so quiet. I really... Guy said to me last night, he said, I'm going to be so quiet, I won't wake you up, and I didn't believe him for a fucking second. (laughs) And he didn't. And that was... I said that because Tim and I did have a minor lover's tiff before I went out to watch a comedy show. It was a significant argument <laughs> that, that Alice Nina got in the middle of and said, this doesn't feel good. This feels like mum and dad are fighting. 
And so I say, I say, look, I'm going to this show and there's nothing you can do about it. When I come home, I'll be very quiet. <laughs> and I was so quiet when I came home. You really were. And then at 8 a.m., Tim did not return the courtesy. He said, Guy, we're watching Sex in the City. <laughs> I, I think you're the only people who have ever woken up to that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Get right. up! <laughs> not, not once either. Like, the number of times I've woken up to spend time with these four women. He... By all accounts, suck. <laughs> uh, Tim, I didn't like it. No. Uh, and that's why specifically I wanted to change because originally we were going to go, that the, we were going to do the, the stack the day's watches the same way we stack the re- respective recordings of the podcast, which was uh, starting with Grown Ups 2. But we hadn't seen that movie for so long and the idea of watching it was so exciting. I was like, we cannot open on that yeah. and work our way towards... That is the smartest thing that you've <laughs> contributed to the podcast in so long, making that offer to go, why don't we flip it on its head? Because if we had it kicked off with Grown Ups 2 and worked our way back to Sex in the City 1, I would have jumped out that fucking window <laughs> I jimmied open with a teaspoon. Yeah, So it was a rough wake up, but uh, yeah, and it was, it's not, I mean, the thing is, we watched this one about, you know, six weeks ago, and as always, I was devastated to discover that they've left the, the script and the performance pretty much as we left it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the, th- I mean, say what you will about Sex in the City, but these movies, we can say after watching them 50-something times, there's no new offers, there's no originality yeah. they're bringing to each take. Neither of them are perfect, but they them. stick to their guns. Yeah. Uh, so it was not for me, but I knew it was just like, did you, you know, respect the consistency that the film was the same as when you checked in last time? I did respect that. It's like going, it, w- it was like, if I could use one of my analogies, it's like going to a restaurant and ordering the wrong entree and being like, I don't care. I know exactly what's on the main course and it's coming my way. Yeah. Grown Ups 2 was the main course. Yeah, what and, an incredible and this, and this thing podcast is dessert. Yeah, right. Or digestive. What? <laughs> I know you were dismayed to find the film is exactly the oh, I'm same. I'm sorry, how Glenn. More, how Hold more on for one second. What did you just say? Digestive. What's that? Uh, it's like a, a, a liqueur or something you drink after dinner or dessert to settle your stomach. You might have a, I think, is porter digestive? <laughs> Glenn, you seem like a guy who knows. And I hate that. Um, <laughs> I, I can't really fully answer that, uh, uh, that, that, uh, that question in, in, with any confidence despite, despite my accent. <laughs> what a fucking waste of a voice Yeah, absolutely <laughs> It's humiliating like, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing worse than hearing someone who sounds like you say I'm sorry, I don't know what that is <laughs> My family will have Cockney accents And it's so embarrassing it's just, like, I'm, but I'm, imba- I'm the embarrassing one Do your family truly have Cockney accents? Yeah, they've all got proper like, London accents And uh, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm an anomaly what, did, you, did you learn how to speak English from audiobooks? Guy I wish I knew what happened to me. <laughs> and I never will. <laughs> Must have been a very posh baby. Here he comes, uh, Lord Glenn. <laughs> He's a right little fucker, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know if there was someone like... But there was like some sort of really posh burglar who'd sort of break into my room every night and while I'm asleep would whisper into my ear like, Viscount, or something like that. <laughs> Is the chaplain in? <laughs> so, look, we trudged our way through, and we did get through it, and then we were so grateful to have um, the wonderful Glenn come and join us. We went out for a coffee. I actually had something called an espresso tonic, which tasted truly bizarre. <laughs> yeah. they, there was uh, co- espresso, two shots of that, tonic water, presumably. You had a sip. You c- couldn't make Arthur or Martha from yeah, it. Yeah, you, you took a sip of it, and you said, oh, this is kind of nice, and then you had another sip, and you said, this is my Everest. Yes. Because <laughs> it was quite big. <laughs> and it tasted like it had fish sauce in it, <laughs> which I couldn't get away from. It's very odd. The taste of fish sauce is not complementary to the taste of coffee, as you well know. <laughs> but this drink seemed to contain both. Very unusual. But I respected something keeping me on my toes. Because <laughs> having had the first quarter of the day done with the film I'd seen 50-something times and knowing what was ahead of me, it was kind of like, new stimulus? Yes, please. <laughs> so it was kind of a welcome, refreshing entry to the day. And how, would you felt, uh, how did you feel about sex, the first yeah. Sex and City film? Did Awful. You, okay. Really bad. 
What did, what did you enjoy the most, if I could ask? What was your shining light? Yeah, they want to know. The people want to know. It was all the references to Cinderella, which every time that happened, I would nudge you quite severely with my bony little elbows and go, Cinderella? And, and when you add them up and say them out loud, which I'd never done before, there's actually about seven or eight. Yeah, it's almost a through line. <laughs> and it only took us 55-ish watches to figure that out. And, yeah, and only because you were looking for something to do. Yeah, but it was new. And um, as you said, it's almost a through line, so that was definitely my shining light. Did you have one? Absolutely not. Oh, uh, <laughs> I phrased that wrong. What was your shining light for Sex in the City? I I tell you actually I was getting a lot of mileage out of Big uh, today and it's not it's, I'm sort of this is a, a retrospective shining light but putting all of his the parts of his performance together across Sex in the City and then Sex in the City too yes uh, he just makes all these because cra- I haven't spent enough time with the franchise and I guess because there's been distance between watching the movie like instead of being trapped inside of it it was like going back and being like oh that's right this thing and just some of the decisions he makes which. I sort of just accepted as being uh, embedded in part of what his character is in the show. But to watch today, I was like, this, is, this isn't part of Mr. Big. This is Chris Noth on set just <laughs> doing something to see if he can get away with it. And, like, the, you know, he's just... He Converting does all these faces. people, bringing new he does all these, like, followers into the church. Yeah. And, yeah, et cetera. Like, yeah, all these subtle sort of facial motions. Just come and join my cult in the Midwest. He, but he goes... He's like... He'd be like, uh, he'd go, oh, just us two. You know, and all this shit, which just doesn't make any sense in the <laughs> real world. But he's just—he's been getting away with week in, week out, and yeah. uh, to see him do it once more, it was um, as close as I came to enjoying any component part of that movie. So then, there we were, as we mentioned, to "We Are Your Friends" with Glenn. Did you have? You really were quite disparaging and damning just before describing mm. it. Did you have any part of it that you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, the, the uh, sound levels. Um, were my favourite part. I enjoyed... Uh, it had a lot of my... This fa- is some Tim Bates shining like <laughs> bullshit <laughs> no, no. Here, man. It had a lot of my favourite movie sound, which is uh, Outside Nightclub, uh, which only features in movies, never features in real life. But when someone's outside nightclub and you can just hear like... <laughs> and you, nothing... That, that sound has never emanated from in, deep within a, inside a building. Yeah. But also, whenever, when they have a pool party outside, which I'm sure has been discussed before... Just the, the sound, you know, like, when he's... 52 episodes. Never came up? <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious or not. Uh, no, I was just tricking. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you hate every aspect. Um, that and uh, the, the, the final performance he does, just the idea that there's... It, it, it was very... As, as a British person, the closest thing I think we sort of had was, like, the... Uh, the nightclub in EastEnders, the E20, which they'd always have people, people were always at that just during the day, like midday. You'd have people having conversations, like gangster sort of conversations in the corner of the nightclub. In the background, you'd have three people just like really quietly bopping to like proper like Butlin's music of just, just ambience. There was nothing, there was, wasn't a beat or anything like that. And that's kind of what a lot of the film, for a film so heavily focused on music, there was n- nothing. That is crazy, isn't it? It's wild to dive you, into you the You could pool have your phone on Shazam it. for the whole film and yeah. it wouldn't have picked up anything. <laughs> I, Particularly I, that last track, which they composed for the film. It's, it's called what, Cole's Song, I think. That is the thing that does you just can't get past, is they fumble so many different stories. Like, you know, this, the story gets distracted within itself. It starts off being about his career. It becomes about this sort of weird love triangle and then they sort of try and they kill off a guy because they need some pathos and they're trying to course correct at the end and it does arrive at this gig and it's like if all they did in the movie if the only the one thing they competently put together was a song that just you know like the one job the movie has at this point is just to produce something which totally. is like hey he's learned at least how to make a song yeah and then for it to be this <laughs> hodgepodge assembly of audio recordings from his Samsung Galaxy S1 you know, plugged into a laptop and played like all this stuff which is not remotely interesting or melodic that is purely just emotional masturbation from like the experiences he's had across the movie that the thousands of people who have no idea who this fucking opening DJ is is playing. The idea that anyone He's not introduced. No. He, he, yeah. Comes on to silence. 
Which, which is yeah, a real hallmark of a movie that knows how electronic dance music venues work. <laughs> that the DJ comes on to absolutely nothing in a car park in the middle it is, of the day. It is almost, it's Fire Festival-esque. We're in Los Angeles in the middle of summer at 2pm, a music festival. There is no one pointing them where to go. There is no <laughs> music playing on the stage. There is 5,000 people in the middle of an abandoned, understaffed car park just melting under the sun and then this fucking guy comes out with his laptop and a flash drive and says what's up everybody my name's Cole Carter and then just plays them a recording of the friend he committed manslaughter on not three weeks before yeah. and you're like wow yeah this movie really took us on a journey but also the, 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 uh, him, him and the uh, superstar DJ whose name I forget I'm so sorry James Reed from J- the field James Reed from the field alright so they they they, they obviously have this sort of love triangle. They both got with the same girl. It's caused everyone sort of a lot of heartache. Everyone involved a lot of heartache. And they finally sort of, the two guys sort of patch things up between themselves. And he's sort of like, okay, go out there. And it feels like everything's been left behind them. And then suddenly, uh, he just, Zach Efron just sort of goes, okay, well, I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to play this song really loudly now, which features a lot of samples of your ex-girlfriend talking loudly. Like, what a way to, <laughs> trigger, him, but to trigger the guy yeah. that you've done your best to patch things up with to just suddenly blast out the guy for people's who bu- entertainment. The guy who booked you the gig. Yeah. Who, crucially as well, is very famous in this context. So all the crowd will be seeing him in the background being like, so is he going <laughs> to come on? Yeah, it's it's like uh, when you're, you, you've got the gig from playing that great uh, dog as a cat bit for Michael McIntyre and he lets you open for him but the whole time instead of standing in the wings he just stands side of stage visible <laughs> to the audience with going, the sign saying here's what you could have won yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shaking his head going nah um, <laughs> yeah so in short we are your friends uh, one thumb down loved Paige though yeah loved Paige as always fuck he's a good actor isn't he we don't talk about that enough can't well, uh, thankfully, Tim, we don't really talk about it at all anymore. <laughs> He's in all sorts of stuff. What was that movie we saw where we went to Los Angeles and we were like, you know what, well, let's take our mind off the podcast because we were doing live shows. We'll go and see a flick. And fucking Paige turned up on <laughs> <with> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that? I can't remember. But I, you, it was... <laughs> the Accountant. Is that what it was called? Is that that Ben Affleck movie? Yeah. Yeah, it was. He was the other guy. It was Ben Affleck and Paige. Jesus, how, how, what, a, what a low point you must have been at where you just wanted to watch any film and someone went, okay, so get right, hear me out. It's got Ben Affleck in and it's got the word accountant in the title. <laughs> and then for Paige to turn up after that, it was <laughs> fucked because clearly this is a film which we've picked purely because it's the only thing on at the time we need mm. it. And then we're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Paid the ticket price. Uh, before God. we before we exit the murky waters of We Are Your Friends, I feel we owe it to ourselves and uh, those assembled here to open up that old uh, MacBook Pro box. Absolutely. <laughs> it's time to five, uh, six, it's seven, it's eight. Getting sentimental with, with James, James Reed. Reed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. One of our weaker segments. Uh, now, as as you know, and as everyone in the audience knows, but just for, so everyone's got context, at one point in the movie, James Reed from the Feelers gifts Zakoli not two nights after he's had sex with his uh, Zakoli slept with his girlfriend Emily Radzikowski. He says, uh, "Look, uh, I bought you a gift. Uh, I may have got a little sentimental. It's a self-serving gift." And he removes a MacBook Pro box from a bag and gives it to Zakoli. We never see inside of the box. We do not know what the gift is. A classic red herring. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, the, the job is to discover what exactly is... It's a, what we know is it's a self-serving gift and it can fit inside of a MacBook Pro box. And he has felt sentimental in choosing mm. and, and gifting this thing. Do you have any idea what it could be, Glenn? I mean, it's like the size of a MacBook Pro could be sort of like a small television, maybe one you could watch black and white movies on. <laughs> He's crossing the streams. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that, Glenn. Sorry, sorry. No, no. You're not There's right. no rules here, mate. So it's a, what do you, you think it's a monitor? You'd be yeah, so good. That, that is one of the most spiteful things you could put in a MacBook Pro box. Is <laughs> <laughs> half of a MacBook Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Or like a Windows 95. Yeah, huge, yeah. huge monitor. It's got Chips Challenge and MS-DOS. <laughs> I haven't heard the word Chips Challenge in a while. That tickled me. How, does that, how, did, how did that game work? Oh, God, I can't remember. Me neither. Right. Oh, it was a platform game, I think. He was jumping around. Your mouth's riding out yeah. checks. Your body can't cash more. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, did what, you guys put the operating the little, systems in there? The little there was a mouse and there were cats, and you you had to get the cheese, and you trap. That's the, mouse trap. It's a board game. Well, it would have been good on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, to confirm, it was an OS in there. It was Windows ninety five. Is that what you're telling us? It was a monitor. I think it was a Windows 95 monitor. Right. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. So he's done pretty well to get that into a MacBook Pro <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, no need to dwell. Let's move on up. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. As we did today, absolutely. What was next on? Sex in the City 2. Of course. And I tell I, you what, I, I would say our most challenge, our, our most challenging, not even between in our relationship to one another, one of the most challenging chapters of my life. <laughs> <laughs> the Savo, which is a testament to that. No, just the time spent with that movie. Nothing. I've had a, I've, I've been fortunate in life, and I've been, you know, I've been blessed by uh, quite sta- sound and stable mental health. I've never felt the experience of something just constantly dragging me down. Yeah. Like a weight that would not relent. Do you know what? No, no one's ever really been able to fit the black dog inside a DVD case. Yeah. <laughs> Until now. What's fucked as well is there is a... Not only is it more recent that we can compare it to the experience of watching Sex in the City 1 all the time, but we did it twice a week and it still doesn't compare to the absolute mayhem that Sex in the City 2 creates in your brain. It is... A black hole, and I mean this in the physics sense, of good times. Like, <laughs> it is so dense that it, 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 depression is emanating out of it and all good times cannot escape its pull. It just <laughs> sucks it in. And there is like an event horizon where you go, I think if we had the right equipment, we could detect life outside of this movie. But if we're close enough, it'll rip us apart. And we were again today, and it wasn't pleasant. I didn't enjoy it. I think the problem is there's a movie's worth of footage, not content, a movie's worth of footage before they go to Abu Dhabi. Oh, <laughs> you keep and asking, And then there's Glenn. another movie. Yeah. And both are separate and equally racist in their own ways. Yeah. 
Could you could you please describe the two separate movies? Just what that what are the two individual plot synopses? Uh, the first one is a wedding where they're very keen to stress how fine they are with it being a gay wedding <laughs> to the extent that it implies they're profoundly not okay. <laughs> Absolutely. With it being a gay wedding. Yeah. That felt like it went on for maybe a few days. <laughs> then we saw their respective home lives for ages. To the extent where I felt like I'd watched the kids from birth to maybe <laughs> college years. And then I <laughs> must have blacked out for a couple of weeks. I don't, because then they're just abroad. They're then abroad. Yeah. And I don't remember, I remember them getting on a plane and that was the gross, that was, that was when it started to go, oh, wow, this is offensive. This is, this is getting worse, isn't it? Um, but I don't, I don't remember, apart, so I remember the kid putting her chocolate covered hands on her mum's butt. And I remember the TV bit when Big sort of goes, we could, we could watch old films together. Yeah. And Carrie Bradshaw's just sort of like, <laughs> spend time in each other's company. But the problem is that I, I can see her side and his side because he, it, it, the, the issue is there's no, a complete opposite of We Are Your Friends, which had very quiet music. Sex and the City 2 has no music. So it means when they're just sat there at home reading their coffee table magazines, that you can hear them but blinking. I mean, not- you... you, 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 you they're not You're reading. mainly right, but you couldn't be more wrong on a couple points. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, number, I think we're coming from the same angle, too. Yeah, we so are. You, actually, you I saw your head nodding. You go. You grab... Well, no. All I will say is this. They're not reading coffee table magazines. Mr. Big is entirely happy in his own company and capable of spending five minutes by himself. When they arrive home from the big gay wedding, which I have to emphasize to you, I don't want... You know, it is... It is a it's, a, it's a wedding between two men. So it is a gay, that's why they're calling it a big gay wedding. And also, can I just stress how fine we all were with it? Yeah. <laughs> In the room as well. We were totally cool. And they get home from, you know, this trip away. And they get, they get up there and Biggs, he sits down on his couch in his house. And he, he turns on the TV, throws it away. He picks up the newspaper and he puts his feet up and he goes, fucking, you know, a moment, just at one moment after this to myself. Carrie walks into the room, sits down in the chair next to where he's just started relaxing, and is like... (laughs) Which is a a character trait she then just proceeds to repeat ad nauseum. Nothing repaired the small, tough guy in our head more than our shared uh, respect... For Mr. Big in this film and his plight. And we're, 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 you know, it's it's not the most, uh, you know, it's... I I understand that the optics of it to anyone who has not lived our life is this is a problematic angle to take. But you watch this movie and you tell me that Carrie Bradshaw does not need to get the fuck out of the house. Yeah. And go and figure out what it is she likes to do. Because... She's got the world at her fingertips, and it seems to me the only hobby she has is antagonizing anyone there in her vicinity. Is nothing if, more dangerous in a relationship than one person with no hobbies. Oh, and like, <laughs> terrifying. She, and like, you know, she's, a, she's an author. She complains in this movie that her book is poorly reviewed. The evidence we see of her writing the book is absolutely tanking the first year of a marriage and then writing five minutes on it distractedly every month. <laughs> she releases this somehow and she picks up the New Yorker and the New Yorker's like, hey, guess what? The book you didn't try to write, it sucks. <laughs> and she throws an app, you know, as three friends' lives are also in turmoil. She goes, oh... This is the final straw for me. Fuck! <laughs> Mr. Big, against all odds, is the only person who I could identify any through line to his thinking and logic in this movie. It, it feels like that particular scene felt like it was written by a really misogynistic guy <laughs> who was furious with his wife <laughs> and was typing this scene as she was sat next to him. <laughs> It's so it's so bizarre that we're supposed to be fully on Carrie's side, presumably supposed to be on Carrie's side in this. So I, like, it, honestly, the, in the, the te- I know that people are recontextual. I haven't watched another TV show to know what her character was, but if you watch these movies enough times and sequentially as we did, what you are watching, it's like the, the supervillain origin story of the jo- You know how every character starts off and you go, oh, I can see the perspective, I get what they're talking about. And then by the end of it, you go, oh, no, don't be like that. That is what we're watching. We're watching Sex in the City 3 is Carrie Bradshaw just trying to destroy the social lives of not just the people in her vicinity, but everyone in New York City. Like, <laughs> this is a supervillain origin story. She, her behavior is to put, like, on a, I can't even, 
I am out of words for how angry <laughs> she yeah. made me. She makes out with Aid. She she. Stand up. She is so rude to Charlotte, someone who I don't even like, but when she runs into Aiden at the souk in Abu Dhabi and she goes, oh my God, obviously this means I can cheat on my husband who's sick of my shit because I've run into an ex somewhere. It's, like, no, it's never happened to anyone else in the fucking world. She, she goes back to the hotel. She's getting a bad review. She starts sulking. She's like, well, now I've had a bad review. I'm really going to fuck this guy. She's in the lift to leave. Her friends go, hey, Carrie, you might be in a bit of a weird space. I don't know that you should be going to meet Aiden alone at his hotel. She goes, yeah, Charlotte, because you're paranoid that your marriage sucks because you've got a hot nanny and you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, everyone's going to cheat on their partners. Leaves, cheats on Big with Aiden, goes back, goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I cheated on Big with Aiden. And they all come to her attention. They go, oh, it's Carrie. It's going to be okay. We love you. We love you no matter what you've put us through. It's going to be okay. She gets on the phone to tell Big. And when she tells Big she cheated on him, she goes, and by the way, all the girls were like, you shouldn't tell him. But I just couldn't do that. She is a fucking monster. She is a sociopath beyond redemption. Forget allowed. This is why we had to do this final one because I feel like you something has changed in you now. Weight's been lifted. It's like yeah. For, for the way she tells Big is like by the end of a conversation, I feel like from his perspective, he's like, "Wait, am I being told off?" <laughs> like, it's it's mad. Although the, 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 I, I don't side with. Like, I, I completely see a point when they're giving each other the gifts. And she gives him the vintage watch. And that is the moment at which I think if it was me, I'd feel like I would come clean and just go, okay, cards on the table. My gift is infinitely shitter. I'm going to go to the shop. You don't want to see this. You don't. I'm gonna be like, no, no, I do. I promise. And it's like, no, 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 you don't want to see. Give me a debt. I have misjudged this. I got you a present, but we're operating on fully different levels. Like you, you, you have been to Fort Mason. I've, I've been to Dixon's for five minutes. Uh, like I, 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 he, he makes a really bad decision there. To the extent, and that, that is the catalyst for everything else. So he, it is his fault ultimately. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not actually upset because you're not wrong he handles that entire situation very poorly but the fallout from that oh, I guess everything you know we're talking sliding doors here aren't we we're talking the butterfly effect now hold on gentlemen you don't get to cheat on your partner because they bought you a tally alright well, I've got a lot of apologies to make Tim <laughs> I, I like to think that the, uh, the Sex and City 2 was the vision that the writer had always had for the original sort of thing. And they presented Sex and City 2 as like a pilot episode for a show. And the executives were like, well, no, this Carrie Bradshaw character is horrible. And so they went, okay, well, how about this? I've written a preceding movie and they've gone, again, we still don't like it. So they had to write like 11 seasons of a TV show <laughs> to build up enough goodwill so that you could then... When Mattress Pikelet King gets to the end and <laughs> yeah. he's like, finally, the time yeah. has come to show people the real Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> Fucking long con. Um, so long as we're mucking around, should we kick the door into Mr. Big's office and I'd uh, love to. dust off that old leather-bound book? Mr. Big's big book of ideas. Fuck, there's been some good ones. You want to leaf through it, Tim? See what's in there? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's dusty as well because we haven't looked in the book for a little while. You but should go, um, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in my, oh, it's in my eye. I'm there's a picture of a anyway, there's a pi- there's a picture of the moon being blown up with a laser. That's weird. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> it's quite unusual. There's I'm the sure weird, it's nothing to worry about. There's the weird pyramid scheme with a circle around it. <laughs> And then outside the circle, it says circle scheme, which is odd. <laughs> Constantly distracting himself with shapes. Yeah, absolutely. And he's drawing a star around the, the very, circle scheme. Goes, mm, star very scheme? strange. <laughs> One page he's written down, uh, we've got pi down to as many digits as will fit in the page. It's quite unusual. It's written in blood, that one. Very concerning. Very weird. It all reads as grey to big. <laughs> do I, when I cut myself, do I not bleed grey? <laughs> Interestingly, though, um, he's got... He's, here's the page I want to have a look at, have a squiz at. Wish you would. 
This uh, up the top, this he's drawn. It's quite crude, but it's a diagram of a television that can only play monochrome. Which, you know, I know this movie came out a few years ago, but it's it's quite backwards because we had full color screens then. But I guess th- they're all quite backwards, sort of um, socially. Yeah. It's a reti- and that's dead right. The, the words "big gay wedding" are written down the bottom of the page, which is strange. Mm. Again, in his blood, quite, quite which quite I don't know what to written. make of. So it, what you're seeing is Mr. Big designing a monochrome television. Yeah, absolutely. But the, it's the it's the reason that's the important bit because that's what's going to market it. And uh, he's put down some of the pictures for the campaigns. You see, he's been working on the advertising. Do you remember back when a marriage was between a man and a woman? When films came in black and white, and when I could put my loafers on the sofa. Oh, no. Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big does. <laughs> Simpler Times. That's the name of the brand. Simpler it's Times. Simpler Times I guess because what, what they can do is they can play their own home videos through the TV, and when they see, when, you know, and when they watch them back, and they're like, oh, I was being really homophobic there, they could be like, yeah, but it looks charming because it's got a 1930s yeah, filter to it. It was, a different, it was a different time. I yeah, filmed this yeah. this morning. It was a different time. Exactly. Even then, it was it a was. different time. Yeah. Now, hear me out. A different time. It's like an Instagram filter for all of your horrible deeds that you've <laughs> captured on video somehow. Pop it up on screen. It's like, nah, that's just it's it's called going old school. And then on top of it all, in uh, invisible ink, that if you squeeze a lemon over the page in big block letters, he's written "Sea World" like big Sea World. Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> colorblind son of a bitch. <laughs> Which actually would be an incredibly attractive product, and this makes perfect sense that it'd be the sort of thing uh, big would invest his time in because we know he's illiterate, so he's attracted, he's drawn to the screen, he loves pictures. And he's colorblind, so of course he's going to gravitate towards a, a grayscale scheme. I, I can't speak towards the experience of being grayscale colorblind, but I'm colorblind. In what way? Um, <laughs> red, brown, <laughs> green, brown, yellow, Getting orange, married. blue, purple. What? Red, well, red, brown. No, no, it's in like I'm red, brown, colorblind, green, brown, colorblind, yellow, orange, colorblind, and blue, purple, colorblind. Or a lot of you them. can't distinguish between any of those. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can see all of those. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, look, th- those guy, are... as long as you can, yeah. then I'm happy. Yeah. I, I, I love to be told that other people yeah. can see better than me. I, I, Do you I, want to try my glasses on as well and tell me how blind I am? <laughs> Only because you insist. <laughs> oh, no, see, these give me a headache because I have perfect 20-20 vision. <laughs> I was just going to say that that sucks because those are some of the best colours. Hmm. <laughs> But you're not big. Big But, but you've never seen a fully brown rainbow before. <laughs> <laughs> I think he laid one in the toilet earlier today. It was no good. <laughs> it sounds like a cheap bit, but I really... I mean, it's a small hotel room. and He's I stuck up the joint. Even with the window open, I, I upset a few... Uh, yeah, I didn't imagine we would... I didn't imagine we'd actually bring this up, but yeah, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I genuinely thought that the movies were going to be the worst part of my day. <laughs> uh, that when 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 um, when the cleaners come into your room tomorrow and sort of change the duvet and stuff, and they'll see that the, the windows off its hinges. When they walk into the bathroom, they'll go, "Yeah, okay." I, <laughs> they get a free pass yeah, on that one. But un- we understand. Look, is there, I, I, is there any more to say about Sex in the City too? Well, 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 we haven't covered their trip, but I don't want to. I would say this, Tim. I, w- I would. I would say. That's the question we need answered. Fuck, it was a delight seeing him. You don't understand. In this desert of a movie without relatable characters or redeeming features of anyone's personality, the oasis in the centre of it, in the back of shot, blinking you'll miss him, was one man consuming more Java than a human's supposed to. 
Oh, God, it was nice to see him back. I could have kissed him. And he did not, and not that we'd expect him to. Mm. There's a saying in Hollywood, they say, never meet your heroes. But this guy has been a gentleman through and through. Every single time he shows up, he orders one piping hot, full to the brim, cup of java. He sits at his table. He does not wait for 10 seconds before taking his first sip. And once he's had that first sip, it doesn't matter if he's burned the roof of his mouth, his tongue, it tastes so good. That sweet nectar tastes so fantastic. He's going right back in there. Within three gulps, the guy has finished the entire thing. Right? (laughs) Bit of physical humour on the podcast, always good. It's never too late to experiment with the form. I was thinking we could do one where we just describe the way each other are moving for a whole episode. Innovative. Yeah. So Tim leaning back. <laughs> when more, do you have any inkling as to uh, what Deserved coffee Deserved so guy? much more. I think, um, so obviously us being in London uh, and, and talking about people drinking uh, drinks that are, that are risky uh, has, has echoes of um, uh, sort of Russian spies being... Um, Heavy. As Tim's eyes widen, I'm not. I'm not making any allegations or or wild accusations like that. All I'm saying is he maybe sensed the coffee was poisoned, and overheard their conversation, and during his eavesdropping, thought their company was so utterly toxic (laughs) that he deliberately, and this is a new verb, Alexander Litvinenko'd himself. And he's run off, he's run off to the nearest morgue. Yeah. And they've gone, but you're fine. He goes, genuinely give it five minutes. Yeah. That is so sad to me because it means there's no possibility of seeing him in Sex and City 3. Well, it depends. It depends, it depends where it's set. And, uh, and, and on what astral plane? Not a bad attitude. Yeah. You know, there, there's so much scope within the Sex and the City universe. If you think of all the different villains battling it out. And they did mention that Mr. Big dies in the shower, but they didn't say what happens after that. So maybe we follow Big's journey rather than everyone dealing with it. Yeah. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Coffee guy's there after poisoning himself. Yeah. And it's just him it's, and Mr. Big kicking it, looking through the know, book. They, they never specify which city it is, and it could be, you know, the Stygian depths um, <laughs> of, of Hades. <laughs> Well, I like that a lot. I think that's a wonderful pitch. We are, and I, frankly, I think that if Mattress Pikelet King had brought that to Kim Cattrall, she would have signed up. Uh, SJP be damned. There's not a lot that would make me bury the hatchet with executive producer Sarah Jessica Parker. That would be it, though. Yeah. That rise to the challenge. And we, then, of course, we must come to our final destination today. Grown Ups 2. Oh. Oh. Feels good to be home. We were really... Psyched about this all day. Well, so yeah, for, for context, we'd watched the we'd watched these three movies. We'd pretty much been confined in the hotel room the entirety of the time. We said we're going to go out. We'll grab a quick bite and then we'll go back. And the whole meal was consumed by the palpable fervor and excitement that was building. We <laughs> also, just as a quick aside, thought we were getting away with bloody daylight robbery based on the amount we thought we were paying for lunch, and then found out we kind of got scammed. <laughs> Uh, do, do you know how embarrassing it is to get scammed in the city in which you live? Um, yeah, that must have sucked it, for you. you guys have suggested this pub that was around a corner from the, the hotel, and you said it's so cheap, it's two courses for £7.50. And I was like, in King's Cross? It's like full of hotels, and it's really touristy. Like That's surely where everyone would get ripped off, and maybe the portion's going to be tiny. But the portions were enormous, and I could, two, two courses for £7.50 is insane. Um, so it would have amounted to like £22, £23. And we got the bill, and it was 60. <laughs> and it turned out everything on the menu had in brackets next to it, like, plus six pounds, plus eight pounds. Bloody good, though. Mr. And Big it was like, oh, that. spaghetti bolognese is £7.50, but if you want the spaghetti or the bolognese, then, you know, it's eight pounds each. <laughs> yeah, it was spaghetti or bolognese, but the word or was in tiny print. And it yeah, yeah. Such, such was the, the excited tension amongst the three musketeers that not even being ripped off to the tune of an extra 38 pounds could dampen the spring in our step as we marched back to room 654 at the Crown Plaza King's Cross Hotel. We opened the door to a blast of cold air counteracted by a breeze of warm air. 
We sat atop the bed together once more. Glenn reclined on the sofa like the French gal he is. You didn't let me lie between you, so I didn't really have an option. We I didn't, didn't think yeah. it was the... I feel I like we were, getting him cl- we were getting him close to the bed, and then halfway through Sex in the City 2, due to a build-up of toxic, restless energy, Tim and I wrestled for pretty intensely for yeah, about was... a minute. At one point, Tim genuinely used the end of the bed as a trampoline and springboarded into an elbow drop into my solar plexus. It was fucking sick. Because you was picked a pretty me good up. Move. To be fair, you you wouldn't have been able to do this off the back of Edinburgh. I think you would have been in too weakened a state. But Guy's been recouping in Greece, so he's stronger than he was. And he picked me up and he screamed at the top of his lungs in our hotel room, I am the king of sex in the city too, <laughs> as he held me aloft. And then eventually relinquished as his energy stores waned and I took the opportunity to flip the situation on its head and elbow drop the fucker. <laughs> To a plum. But anyway, grown-ups too. So there we were. I must tell you, I, it is incumbent on me to, to let you know that I fucking loved it. Every second, every frame a painting, it was, God damn it, it was enjoyable. There is so much attempt at humour in that movie. It is outrageous. Yeah. The, de- the, the joke density you said at one point is, is tr- truly tremendous. It's, it's astonishing, and none of them land. Not one. Uh, it, it's, so, it's just an hour and a half of just pure white noise. Yeah. Of, of just a, a clown just going, and how about a hanky? And you're going, no, move on. Come on, mate, just move on to the next. Oh, my nose squeaks. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's relentless. I would say they wrote three jokes per minute, 90 minutes. That's what, there's 270 jokes. All of them were first drafts. None of them hit. My, the thing I was so fascinated by, because it is one of the most intense cinematic experiences I think I've ever seen, because it just doesn't relent. It's like an anthology. For, it's basically a sketch show, um, because you don't grow to care or love. And any of the characters could have died on screen, and none of us would have blinked. Because it, it, nothing mattered. Everything, things just kept happening. And it felt a bit like if you, if you watch like an improv troupe who are maybe like floundering on stage and they've got someone by the side of a stage who has a microphone and they call, they go scene at the end of sort of each scene. And the, the, ske- the improv troupe are doing really badly and they're just like, just, just say one fucking joke so I can just call scene. And then one of them goes, oh, look, a, a frog wearing a hat. And they just go, scene, yeah, that counts. <laughs> like every, every, every scene ends with just, oh, no, I'm going, uh, like a, a, a frog suddenly appears mid-conversation. He goes, a dinosaur and he falls backwards and it just cuts to the n- mid-conversation in the yeah. next scene. I, I, you could feel Dennis Dugan after every take going, cut, that counts. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> genuinely turning to the people around him. No, 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 it is, it is, it is, it is. The, um, it was quite amazing revisiting it after all of this time because we genuinely haven't sniffed the thing since we ended our um, year-long adventure with it. And uh, to watch it now, you really, I, th- I think with new eyes, a little bit more knowledge about film production and stuff. A little wiser? A little wiser, a little older, a little more cynical. The editing is insane. <laughs> As you said, there is, you do, you, it feels like you're entering each scene mid-conversation because there isn't a breath in between the end of some fucking artificial catchphrase they've tried to manufacture. A monosyllabic, you can't say the word what 50 times and assume that's going to catch on I, in a comedy it, yeah, film. It's the arrogance as well of just going, we'll get a catchphrase out of this. And it's just, you, there's nothing to someone saying what. There's no, there's no content there. And it enrages me that they thought they could make something They keep that. going back to that well again uh, But after, and again. after the film finished, I went on Twitter and I typed in the hashtag grownups too and then typed in what with three A's. <laughs> and just the reams of just fucking people going, funniest film ever. What? <laughs> <And> like... <laughs> So maybe oh the joke's on us, is what God. you're saying. And it was like, how have you gone on the internet? Yeah. Uh, have you, have you, <laughs> yeah, have you managed it? Yeah, it's traditionally a real... <laughs> the internet's a very low bar to clear in terms of <laughs> engaging in an opinion. <laughs> had you been online before today, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say, with reference to the idea of growing a little wiser and having space between that movie and looking at it, you know, as what it is now, I think, you know... to. to I know that we watched it last and the distance between the last time we'd seen it and watching it today was the greatest, but I don't think the podcast would have gotten past, not even a season, Like I don't think we would have gotten through, if we'd started with anything else, I don't think we would have made it past 12 weeks. Like, the, you know, growing In up what so, way? Just like, I, I, watching it, I was like, 
this was literally, and by total random selection, the perfect, tr- you know, it truly was. And people have said that to us before, and I've been, whatever, we just guessed. But like to watch it now is like, this is the perfect entry point into the concept because they are throwing so much stuff at you. There is so much. All stuff right, you well, can't hold, get bored. You hold cannot on for get a bored with that film. Let me ask you this: Do you, based on that, you know, with the hindsight of the last five years, <laughs> has the film Grown Ups Two made you believe in fate? <laughs> no. I, I, <laughs> no I, I, at no point was I drawing a positive connotation between us doing the podcast and, you know, a, a, a good outcome. <laughs> I, I don't think any of this is... It was like, I mean, in a sense, for the podcast, it was good luck. But in a life perspective, it was, it was what I would call bad luck. Right. <laughs> I, but you know, I was watching it and I was like, this, I mean, it is... Yeah, it was, it was a really nice... It was a really nice way to end the day. It was yeah. an, honestly an honour to sit there with you boys and just watch the Sandman, it all, just muck around, kicking about. He's having a lot of fun. The guy's having a lot of fun. Having a ball. <laughs> it's I, a great I, film. I'd watch it. Well, I found myself really fascinated. My main question straight afterwards was, what is the blurb for this film? What's the, what, how have the people in charge of marketing this film... How, how, have, how have they been tasked with telling anyone what it could possibly be let me have a run at it party time he's running around on a three-wheel party time you're not allowed to tell him it is called a tricycle the man does not know what he's doing Spanish shorts party time uh, we, we, we haven't seen him in ages. Guy and I have tattoos on him, on our flesh forever. That's not going away. And it was so nice to see him again, check in on what he's doing. We follow each other on Twitter, and I doubt he'll listen to this, but I'll chance my arm, even if he does. The guy's come a long way as an actor since the heady days of Grown Ups 2. One of the worst performers on screen. <laughs> Which is saying something. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. What? Be the- <laughs> <laughs> it works. I know. <laughs> well done, them. Uh, look, I, 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 I loved watching him because I love the guy. Mm. And, uh, you know, there was no particular... There was, a, oh, there was a part where everyone starts... All the frat boys start rallying and getting excited and going, ooh, ooh, ooh. And he, doesn't, he lacks conviction in his movements. It's quite a challenging thing. And you wouldn't know to look at him because <laughs> he's on the side of frame. But it's like in the moment, everyone's going to be so fired up, they start fighting each other. But he doesn't quite find a partner to fight with. And so he's just sort of like throwing his arms around. And he looks around to see if there's anyone to fight with or if anyone's looking. And no one is. So he just sort of just keeps sort oh, of half-heartedly banging on his chest. Poor fucker. He shouldn't have been in there in the first place. He's there because he's Arnie's son. I'm sorry. I've said it. <laughs> he's got no place being in a film. He has got one of the best jokes in the film, which is when he looks at the piece of paper no. To see if it's David Spade. No. And it, no, and it says, and it's got the little stick man. It's not it Paddy Schwartz. That's not him. No, Paddy Schwartz is, um, he's barely in the film. What you the were watching, hell am I you were watching, watching uh, Braden Warlock, Warlock, Braden Higgins. That's who yeah, I was, yeah. yeah I'm that so is sorry. bloody, that's a bloody solid game. I, je- I think that joke, like, if, if it was in The Simpsons, we would have gone, yeah, it's a great joke. Absol- oh, look, there's dynamite. There but, was some genuine. But also at the same ones. time, what I just said is now massively irrelevant. <laughs> How yeah. Screw that up? Hey, so in the sorry. interest of time, though, um, yeah, we've got to expedite this conversation because there's a, a special treat. Is well, there's a bus. There's a bus. Yeah. Oh, you can't well, see oh, it pulling you're, up. You're, you're fitting it all in. <laughs> Holy shit! Roll up! I coughed. Roll up for the mystery tour and. Roll up, he's on Steve see me. Roll up for the mystery tour and the Steve see me mystery tour is coming to take you away. Coming to take you away. Take you today. What does what does Sandler have on Do See Me? What's he doing in this movie? Debasing himself at every turn. Set up, uh, set up the concept. I didn't know who Steve Buscemi was, really, when we first watched Grown Ups 2, and now knowing that he's actually a good and serious actor, it's fucking wild seeing him in there now. So he's referencing an injury that he has where his arms are locked in this position for an extended amount of time, and he's got 40% of feeling in his body. What's caused it? We don't know. 
Well, we do. Well, we do now. But at the time... Some grown-ups won, but we didn't. So it's fun to postulate. Well, I mean, what could possibly cause someone to lose 40% of feeling in their body and have their arms trapped in the touchdown position? Attempting to method act your role in Fargo and your demise through a wood chipper. Blam! Done! And... (laughs) I'm not even kidding. We need to... This is it. Yeah. Well, are we going to come back out after the thing? Yeah, what do you mean? Hey, listen, the podcast is over. London, thank you so much. London, you're beautiful. Good luck through Brexit. Thanks for staying with us. We love you so much. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.